Bulimia sucks, but you don't, and here's why. The Bulimia Sucks podcast with Kate Hudson Hall will teach you how to begin breaking through the multitude of thoughts, feelings, triggers, and urges to empower yourself to change your painful behaviors completely. You will hear proven strategies and solutions to help you in your recovery, including real interviews with real people. Kate has just released a new best-selling book called Anxiety Hacks with proven techniques, tools, and tips to calm this. Check it out now on Amazon. And now... Another episode of Bulimia Sucks, the podcast. Welcome to Bulimia Sucks. I'm your host, Kate Hudson-Hall, and thank you for listening to Bulimia Sucks. Now, this is a platform for people to share relatable and uplifting and inspiring conversations based on bulimia and anorexia and then other eating disorders. And episodes will include their personal stories of of their journeys of where they are now, but also with their difficult journeys on their steps taken and how they've they've moved forward in their recovery. And then we also talk to professionals who work with people with eating disorders. Now, my book, Bulimia Sucks, the audiobook is now live on Audible, Amazon and iTunes. And if you would be interested and would like a free copy, then email me at katehudsonhall at gmail.com and then I will send you the code so then you can download it for free. And also out now on Amazon are the bulimia and anorexia and the binge eating and also the anxiety stress relieving coloring books that I've made. And they display a collection of 35 relaxing, easy-to-color patterns with inspiring quotes of wisdom and added motivational questions to guide you forward in your recovery. So they not only calm and relax you, but have an added sprinkle of extra support in your recovery. So if you love Mandela coloring books, then check them out. So if you put my name into Amazon, Kate Hudson Hall, then they will come up, the list will come up. So have a look, check them out. Now, I'm very excited today that our guest is Elena Perella. And she is a personal coach and a domestic violence and eating disorders advocate. Her clients are determined and ambitious people who want to thrive in all areas of their lives, hiring her to become able to inspire and motivate themselves to communicate powerfully and openly, to show emotional intelligence and empathy, and to be fully adaptable and resilient. Her authority in this field is based on extensive independent research on her personal experience of transformation, having coached herself throughout depression, eating disorders and domestic violence, and has worked as a coach in the emotional field for 10 years. She has 27 years experience on how to identify and eliminate those obstacles that are a discordant note in our lives. So welcome, Elena. Oh, it's fabulous to have you here. Thank you so much. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a real pleasure. Yes. So, Elena, so you're in Sardinia. 
Yes, I'm in Sardinia. And that's where you were born? I was born here, yes. Yeah, oh, what's a fantastic area of the world. Yeah, it's beautiful, very, very beautiful. Yeah. Lots of nature, beautiful sea, beautiful beaches, wonderful. Oh, we all want to come there. <laughs> 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 we'll all be coming to visit you're all invited <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us so should we start we spoke briefly and you were telling me about your um your difficult experience when you were a teenager with your father and and then your mother so should we start there yes I was uh, in my early teenage when I developed the binge eating disorder I was only 12 years old all right. And uh, people said that it was my fault if I was eating so much, you know, uh, it was my, my choice. But uh, in the beginning, I believed them. But at one point, I thought, am I really so stupid to choose to hurt myself? No, <laughs> was the answer, because nobody is so stupid to, to choose to hurt himself. Yeah, and at that age, it would be so difficult to not believe what an adult tells you right right with you know when you've got that behavior going yeah on. yeah because you know at that age you don't really know any different absolutely adults are our model yeah. the example uh, the authority the reality no? yeah they should know it better but it, it isn't it isn't that way unfortunately not often yeah yeah um, and so at that time, so you were binge eating, were you? Binge eating, yes. From uh, It started when I was 12 until I became 19 years old. Right. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, how difficult. It was difficult because I began to gain weight. And so I was a fat teenager. And uh, my peers began to bully me because of that. And I felt so depressed that I, I really didn't enjoy going to school anymore. I went, but uh, I didn't study. So the results were very, very poor. And uh, I, was, I was very, very sad, very sad teenage. And um, I also had a bad relationship with my mother because she, she was very controlling, very obsessing. And I, I couldn't express my emotions at home because she feared uh, a reaction, a bad reaction from my father. Why? Because my mother had a father who was a very violent man. He was a narcissist, psychopath, sociopath, okay. and uh, very, very abusive. And so she grew up with a, with a fear for men. Right. And she could, she never expressed herself at home. And so she, she behaved in, in that way with me suppressing my emotions yeah and this caused me uh, the, the binge eating disorder because i wasn't free to be to be a child to be myself yeah yeah and so she taught you how to suppress your emotions absolutely yeah gosh gosh so no wonder with those feelings buried away it would have been difficult you know to move forward in your life, really, mm -hmm. because you, you would just be so confused. Yes, because, I, you know, we go through difficult periods uh, in which we feel sad or frustrated 
uh, we want to cry. I wasn't allowed to do that. And so I had to keep it inside. But, you know, day after day after day, <laughs> it has to, to, to find a way out. And for me, it was food. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't only that. My mother had a relationship, a troubled relationship with food. So she passed on to me that tendency. Plus, did, she, did, uh, she, did she binge eat? Did she overeat? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Every time that she felt depressed, uh, frustrated, or doesn't know how to, to manage her emotions, then she eats. Right. And she passed that on to me. Plus, uh, she passed on to me a lot of insecurities, fears, anxiety. And, uh, well, with her toxic behavior towards me, she fueled that inheritance. Then it's logical that you know, I developed something to find a way out. I, I, I ate not only because I was scared of my own emotions because they were suppressed and big. <laughs> you know, I also ate because uh, unconsciously I wanted to, to fill in a, a gap, an internal gap, an emptiness. Right. The, the, the lack of love. Lack of love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so different for everybody. And identifying specifically what has happened to make you feel a certain way, you know, it's, it's about getting down to the root cause, isn't it? Of yeah. what's caused you to feel this way and address all of those different emotions. Yes, it's difficult to identify it, but uh, the, the root cause... I believe it is the same for, for all of us because a person who really loves herself doesn't need to hurt herself. Mm. So the, yeah. this is the, the big problem that, that we have, unfortunately. Yeah. And so, so going back to what happened then, and so your father... My father was actually absent in my life. We, we lived in, on, under the same roof, but he was a very, very busy man, a very, very busy businessman. So he had no time for family. And we never communicated with each other. He never asked me, how are you? How was your day? How you feel today? Why, why you feel sad? Well, he couldn't see my sadness because I had to suppress it, but... You know, he never asked me anything about me. And for I feared them, feared him, he, I couldn't ask him either about him. Mm. So we were living together, but it was like apart from each other, separated. And when he died, I was 19. It was as if I was looking at a stranger because I really didn't know anything about him. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And still don't know much. The, the things that I came uh, to know about him were things that people from the village told me. Mm. They knew him better than I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and did your mother, did she ever, you know, after he passed away, did she ever talk about him? Or? Not much, actually. She, she only said something like that she feared him uh, 
even though he never never did something to to make us think that he was someone uh, we had uh, we had to fear and uh, no for the rest uh, she didn't tell me much and did the with regards to the binge eating so did that carry on the binge eating I suffered from seven years yeah right and then what happened? And then uh, my father died, and it turned the binge eating turned into bulimia nervosa, and I suffered for sixteen years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And when we spoke earlier, you said that how old were you when you moved away? Twenty. I moved to the Netherlands. Right. So a year after he died. Yeah, a year, a year and a half. Right. And is that when you started? How old were you when you started to, to, to get some help or to decide to, you know, find ways to be able to change your patterns? I didn't get any help. Uh, what happened uh, because of my father's death is that I awoke. I suddenly began to see things for what they really are. And it was then that I, that I saw that I was a toxic product of my family. I began to see toxic dynamics, uh, dynamics in my family, for example. I began to see the real intention behind people's behaviors. And, um, and I began to, to become aware, to see and become aware of all the toxic emotional elements that I inherited from, uh, from both my parents and also from previous generations. Yeah. And it yeah. was then that I made the conscious choice to cure myself, to, to overcome bulimia. Right. And so do you, what do you think was, was the, the deciding sort of drivers behind you stepping back and looking at your patterns and how they were connected to, you know, past family members and, your experiences. Could you rephrase it? Please? So when you made that decision that you were going to, well, turn around, and look inside, basically, yeah. um, what made you decide to do that? Uh, I think that I couldn't make another decision. I was awake and... Uh, I didn't want to end up like my family members, most of them. No, mm. especially I didn't want to end up like my mother and my father because they had everything, materially speaking, but lived a miserable life, emotionally speaking, because they, they, they weren't in love with themselves and so with each other. And so they never spread love in the family. So. And they never achieved their goals and never made their dreams concrete, especially my mother, especially my mother. So I thought, okay, I have now the choice. <laughs> what do I want to do? End up like my mother or discover who I really am and what I really want to do in life? Why, why am I here on this planet? And I took this, this choice 
I made this choice of, okay, let's go on this discovery journey. Who am I? <laughs> and so what helped you along the way? Um, what helped me along the way? Uh, I identifying all these elements that were in mine, these toxic emotional elements. So my mother's fear, insecurities. Um, what helped me also was to challenge myself and find other ways through which I could free myself from those elements. Yeah. Other things that helped me were trying uh, by challenging myself to discover what's what I like. Okay. I also I also read a lot literature, for example, it helped me a lot understand yeah. better uh, human behavior and the human mind. It was really uh, very very interesting. Uh, so uh, my studies also helped me a lot. I, I began to study when I was in the Netherlands. I did literature, later study in, uh, well, I, I did Latin American and Caribbean studies in literature and orientation in cultural anthropology. And well, there was a link, you know, I was, it was not only a passion, but the interest to understand myself better and other people better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a great support. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when you think back to the binge eating and the bulimia, what do you feel was the hardest part for you when you had that? In experiencing them or in, in curing myself from them? Uh, both. Both. So for the binge eating, it was, I, I suffered a lot um, while I was having those uh, binge eating attacks, you know, filling mm. myself with so much food while I was also sensing that it wasn't right what I was doing. It was so, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Eating so much and seeing my body changing. I was gaining weight day after day after day. And the consequences, uh, bullies, uh, being bullied by, by my peers, that was also very, very painful. Yes, yes, we can, we can get carried away with the bullying, can't we? Beating ourselves up. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Mm. I remember this very clearly. And what about the bulimia? What was the hardest part about having that? The bulimia, it was hard to not be able to stop yeah. when I felt the impulse to, to overeat. No, I, I felt the impulse and then it was, I experienced a kind of blackout in my mind yeah. and went to the, the store and bought as much as I could. And then, you know, yeah. I ate and, and uh, this, this feeling of impotence actually, knowing that you're doing something that not right but you cannot stop so that moment it was a matter of seconds but you know it's it's uh, the fact is that um, inherited toxic emotions 
and the, the toxic emotions also that uh, our internal wounds uh, produce are stronger than we are. Mm. So this is why it is so difficult to, to stop behaving in unhealthy ways, to resist the impulse. It's, we don't have control on, yeah. our, on our behavior. That's, that's the problem. Those, those emotions, toxic emotions, are, are stronger than we are. And so this is why we, we, we cannot fight them. We can um, control them, but you know, controlling them isn't the same than freeing yourself from them. When you right. control those impulses, you are suppressing them, and doesn't mean that you have solved the problem. On the contrary, it will find another way out. Yeah. yeah? So you, yeah. you will find another addiction. Um, and plus, you will get so frustrated because you have to monitor yourself continuously yeah. to not to fall into temptation again. Yeah. And then what was the hardest part about in your recovery? In my recovery, the hardest part... Mm, Actually, there wasn't such a hardest part because um, somehow I made of bulimia my best friend. Right. Yeah. What and does that I, mean? It means that I allowed the process of recovering. Mm -hmm. I was taking action, of course, yeah. doing my internal work. And uh, I had this deep patience. And uh, it, this is why I didn't, I didn't fight. Yeah. I just allowed it to happen and guided myself uh, through it, through the process. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And accepting this yes, is where I am. Mm. This is where I am. And I know where I want to, to be because I knew that I wanted to, to cure myself. I wanted to be free. And indeed, little by little, my bulimia left me. Day after day after day, then it was over. And I didn't force it to step out of my life. So what advice would you give somebody that's thinking about stepping on to that recovery path? I think that therapy can help. It can really help. So if you are in such a situation before you think, okay, I'll do it also by myself. No, please. Um, perhaps it's better if you talk with someone. Mm -hmm. I did it by myself because, I don't know, it just felt that I had to do it that way. I tried uh, group therapy four years before I cured myself, but it didn't work. After a few months, I left. <clears throat> mm, I think that group therapy is very mm -hmm. individual. Some people they really benefit from it. I remember when I went to group therapy, it didn't I didn't feel comfortable talking <clears throat> in a group. But some people they find it really positive, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, so it wasn't my case, and uh, I didn't see any progress. So I I felt very uncomfortable, and uh, and I left. So and I continue my journey. <laughs> by guiding myself, yeah. But it's, um, try it, try to, to ask for support because perhaps you find the person that can guide you 
and uh, and also be aware of, of the root cause. Um, not don't fear to to admit that there is something perhaps in the relationship with your mother that wasn't um, that that led you to develop this this disorder. It's not a I'm not saying that you have to blame, that you have to say that, that someone else is, is guilty. It's just a, a matter of responsibility. It is normal that uh, when someone can't give to himself or herself something, then they cannot give it to you. And not because they, they do it on purpose. It is just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so when you um, recovered from bulimia, then what pathway did you take? You know, what are you doing now? Now I'm doing, uh, I am, uh, I've become a personal coach. And uh, I discovered who I really am. <laughs> <laughs> And I am uh, raising awareness on these these problems, the root cause of these problems. Yeah. And how, also, how are you raising awareness? I mean, what, what is it you're doing? I, I do podcasts. I join events as a presenter. I also write articles about it. I am currently I am uh, writing a book uh, on what I went through. And uh, Good. yes, I, I don't coach people who suffer from eating disorders because I don't have the, I'm not specialized in, in this, but I do help people uh, through the coaching who uh, want to thrive in all areas of their lives. Okay. And so what, um, what sort of clients do you get for coaching? My clients are determined and ambitious people who really want to make a difference in their lives, in their life of their children. And what sort of issues do you help people with? All kinds of issues. Uh, if you have, for example, uh, if, you're, if you depend on something like food, smoking, alcohol, bad habits, then I can help you. Uh, Gets, uh, become free of, of bad habits. If you have problems with parenting, if, for example, you have uh, difficulties in communicating with your children, I can help you with that. If you have, if you experience troubled relationships, I can help you with that. Mm. I can help with, uh, yeah, I, I can help you create emotional balance, for example, if you are often uh, angry or frustrated or uh, you feel uh, you, for example, also about work. If you end up every time in a toxic environment, toxic work environment, then I can help you to understand why and eradicate the root cause, so that you will find a different environment. Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah. So going back to um, your recovery, so. Um, are there any specific resources that you could share with us that helped you recover? There is, for example, uh, one book, I have it here, and it's, uh, it's called All About Love by Bell Hooks. By who? 
Bell Hooks, B-E-L-L-H-O-O-K-S. Oh, Bell Hooks. Yeah. Oh, okay. The title is All About Love. And this book opened my eyes on love. I mean, mm. I searched all my life for a definition of love that could tell me something practical because we are bombarding, bombarded with definitions uh, of love, but yeah. they are for me too abstract. <laughs> they say they say it all and, and nothing. <laughs> so I was looking for, for a definition that I could use and I found it in, in this book. Okay. And yeah. so what specifically did you learn from that book? That love, actually, it's a quote from another book, but you can find here uh, more explanation that love is, uh, I can read it. For yes. You yeah, you yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah. It's a, it's a quote from another author, Mr. Um, Scott Becks in his book, The Road Less Traveled. And it oh, says yeah. that love is the will to extend one's self for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Love is as love does. Love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. Will also implies choice. We do not have to love, we choose to love. So for me, this was an eye open. Do not have to love. We can choose to love. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it's our choice. And I, I edited this this quote to make it my own and to define love even better for me. And I added that love is the energy that fuels our will to help ourselves and others grow. Oh, lovely! Very simple. Lovely. Very very practical. Yeah. And very true. Very true. Yeah. Because it is, it's the energy from inside, isn't it? Inside yeah. us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we can activate this energy, this, this, because we have the source inside, we can activate it and use it daily. Yeah. And so before your eating disorders started, if you were to, um, well, what do you wish that you'd known? before they started? That's a good question. Uh, oh, that it, was, uh, that it wasn't my fault. Yeah. yeah. Because I lived carrying guilt for so many years. Right. And guilt can kill you. Yeah. So heavy to carry. That it wasn't your fault? No, it wasn't my fault. Uh, this doesn't mean that we have, we don't have to do anything about it. You say, it's not my fault, I don't care. No, on the contrary, you know that it's not your fault, then take responsibility, which means respond in a constructive way to, your, to this problem that you have. Respond in a constructive way because you have inside the tools to overcome it. Yeah, that's amazing. So, Alina, so how can people find you? They can find me uh, on my website, sentidu.com. What is it? It's your name. Sentidu. What is that? Ah, Sentidu, what it means, it's uh, an ancient Sardinian word 
that means the ability of the soul to see things for what, for what they truly are. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, yes. So it's S-E-N-T-I-D-U yeah. dot com. They can find me also on LinkedIn and uh, soon on Facebook. Okay. Okay, good. And is there, lastly, is there anything else that you would like to tell everybody listening? I would like to tell you, don't give up. Mm. Don't give up. Don't resign to living an unfulfilling life, a life that doesn't feel like yours. Go inside and uncover who you really are. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because that's what people need to do. It's actually turning inwards rather than turning outwards consistently and starting to address and finding the real you. Mm, That's lovely. Well, thank you, Elena, so much for sharing your story. And that I love your quote. I think that's beautiful, beautiful. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me here. (laughs) Thank you, Elena. So that's all for today's episode of Bulimia Sucks. And thank you to everybody for listening. And join us again on the next episode. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tune. And also... Um, check out my book, Bulimia Sucks, which is on Amazon to learn many different techniques to help you to begin to break through your painful bulimic behaviors. And then I'd love to hear what you think. So it'd be great if you could left me, leave me a review and then let us know what you think about the show as well by leaving us a review also on Apple Podcasts or CastBox or Embed Player or Buzzsprout or wherever you may listen. So Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode. Bulimia sucks, but you don't. Kate has just released a new best-selling book called Anxiety Hacks with proven techniques, tools and tips to calmness. Check it out now on Amazon.